you cannot make your final decision on how you feel about what just transpired, and this is back at the deadline, about yeah. what just transpired until you see what they do with Soto. If they let Soto walk, burn it down. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 3-0-Take, where we talk all things Major League Baseball. Here's Kyle Corwin and Nate Reyes. It all starts right now. Welcome back to the 3-0-Take, presented by Big League Chew. This is episode 261. I'll be your host, Kyle Corwin, and I'm here with my co-host, Nate Reyes. Nate. Right now. I feel like I miss my calling. For that job as a PA guy, I think so. I mean, not this voice. Like I can activate other voices. You know what I mean? Kyle Corwin. Yeah, and I mean, put that in a stadium of like forty thousand. That, that's what I'm saying. That's gonna that's gonna hit the eardrum real nice. Although I don't have, I can't like get excited the same way our guy does. Sure, you could. If well, not to take anything away from him, not to take anything away from our guy <laughs> Jerome, but you gotta give yourself some credit. I mean, if big play happens or something. I can. I mean, you played. You watch baseball on a regular basis. Yeah, that's fair. May not be watching baseball in 2022, but that's beside the point. Yeah, you get excited if something pans out in front of you. Give yourself some credit. Yeah, but to still sound cool. That's the that's the struggle. Yeah, not sounding like a a raving lunatic. Yeah, Kyle Corwin doesn't sound as cool. Well, you'd have to you'd have to practice a little bit. I'd have to tweak it. You have to practice. They have classes for things like that. Uh, Nate, 15 minutes. That's, that's what, that's what the current fate of the 2022 season is worth, uh, yeah. to these two sides. 15 minutes. Yeah. That's, that's where we stand. I know. Uh, I saw a tweet. I think it was John Heyman. I don't remember. He had like a string of four or five tweets in a row that were hard to read. Um, he said, don't read into the length of the meeting. Read more into the fact that... MLB is coming with the same proposal pretty much every meeting. That's the issue. No. I, like, well, that tells you that that's the reason behind the length. So, yes, I'm going to pay attention to the length of the meeting because PA is probably like, why are you showing up with the same thing? We already read this last week. So we're, we're out. We're gone. There's nothing to talk about. If you're not going to change anything, we're going to bounce. That's the issue. I'm not listening to John Heyman because this is the same guy that said, without a shadow of a doubt that he knows that David Ortiz took steroids and take the Homer aspect out of it for me. Like you can't say we, we, we won't go into this, but you yeah. can't say with certainty that that actually happened. So this, the fact that this guy is coming out and saying, well, don't pay it. No, John, I, I am. I'm going to, I'm going to look into the link. Just like you said, he falls right in the same category. I, I don't have much respect for most writers. I mean, 15 minutes. What yeah. are we doing? It's yeah. It's it's nauseating. It really is. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. It's nauseating. And it's getting to the point where I honestly, and we'll talk about this a little later, hopefully if we have some time, I'm looking more and more forward to college baseball with every passing day. Yeah. And when I first said it, it was like, okay, well, yeah, it'd be cool to kind of check it out. But mm-hmm. at this rate, I here's wanna, here's what I think is going to come from this and uh, when we when we spoke to Drew, and the, I keep bringing this up, but I'm gonna I, I keep thinking about this and you know manufacturing of what I see, what I think could come to fruition. But when he said baseball is gonna lose fans for this or because of this during this process, after this process, whatever it may be, baseball is gonna lose fans. 
we don't stop loving baseball. That's the truth. And I know you said you're excited about college baseball. There's probably going to be an uptick in viewers for college baseball. But what I think we're going to start to feel is more of a new league being created. There's there's new there's loopholes that get created with other sports. Um, you know, people have an issue with the NFL. People have an issue with Roger Goodell. People have an issue with certain things um, that the NFL does, right? And so we've seen new leagues created that get some viewers, may not ever reach the the levels of the NFL have, but I think where we're going to see is new, we're going to see new leagues, new baseball leagues. That isn't MLB. You may see players go to Japan because you see American players that go to Japan, they get idolized. You know, Manny Ramirez got the contract he wanted. Not only did he get paid, he had free sushi wherever he went, right? Adam Jones is over there and finding a little bit of a resurgence in his career. We've seen it the other way as well. So baseball is baseball wherever you go. I think what MLB is not seeing is that there is now an opening for someone that has enough money to say, I'm going to start a new league and we'll see where it goes from there. Right. We saw it with basketball, basketball required, you know, for you to go to college. Right. We've had this period of, I think Kobe Bryant era was like one of the last few eras, LeBron James, who last few players in that era to be able to come right out of high school. That was nipped in the bud. Right. So now they created this G league to where instead of, guys having to go to college and deal with that. Now they're going to the G league. Then they can go to the draft, right? They can get paid while they're there. They can make money while they're there. A lot of these core issues that this set this, this agreement that we're not coming to derives from the structure of the league, right? And we'll go over this in a second, but we're talking about multiple levels of a minor league system. We're talking about you know, how do we take care of those guys that are working through those phases to get to the big league level? That is a big issue. That is what I think we're going to see a different league saying, hey, come play for us. We'll pay you quicker. You won't have to spend six or seven years in the minor league system sharing a two-bedroom apartment with six other guys. And we're going to make it a more fun game. There's, there's, there's no there's no propri- proprietary rights to the to the game of baseball, right? So you can pretty much do whatever you want in that way. I think that's going to be something that comes soon. And if if it gets, starts to snowball a little bit, and if you can get guys that maybe finish out their contract with one of these major league teams, and instead of choosing a free agency to go choose one of these teams, maybe they hop on board. We're seeing it in golf, right? Many players are outspoken about how they don't like what the PGA Tour has been doing you know, with certain courses, with certain regulations on their clubs. Specifically, Bryson DeChambeau, he wants out. He just agreed to go to Saudi Arabia because they have created a new league out there. Is that weird to say? Is that weird to think about? Is it? Is it impossible? I don't think so. Problem is, is I feel like baseball, and it's unfortunate because I think the the owners and the league take gross advantage of this. Is they have such a stronghold on the diehards and the yeah. people they know will never oh, leave trapped. the game. For sure. We're trapped in. And so I think any attempt, sort of like with the NFL, where it's like you have these leagues popping up. The The XFL or whatever. Yeah, you'd be more more familiar with that. But I know there's examples uh, previously where things have popped up here and there. But they just don't take off the same way. And not not that we should expect them to, and not that that should ever be a new league's intention Mm -hmm. to overthrow the, the establishment, if you will. Yeah. 
But, I mean, to your point, if something were to come up and it picked up enough steam and it could sustain itself, maybe that's all guys really want. They don't need all, like, yeah, they don't need all the excess. Well, I think a part of it, it is already there. Like, if you look at the, you know, the independent leagues, that's kind of already there. It's already almost set up. All they need is money, right? Those are the leagues where guys get traded for an L screen and a bucket of balls. There's no money there. Those guys are making, you know, 50 bucks a week or whatever playing baseball. All that needs is money. The structure is already there. The teams are already set. The organizations are already there. But I do think that 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 is more plausible than, like you said, these diehard fans, including you and I and a lot of our listeners, just saying, peace out, MLB, we're done. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And when I have kids, they're going to be watching Yankees games with me. You know, that's just the truth. That's the way I'm going to bring up my kids. And so I think that's why we're, we feel somewhat taken advantage of because we are hooked. We are trapped. Um, but the game of baseball is just baseball, you know. And every ever since I heard it, when we were in Fenway, the guy behind us said, when you think about it, we're really just, really just rooting for, for uniforms. That's all we've been rooting for, right? Occasionally you get attached to certain players, mannerisms, characteristics, background, whatever it may be, you get attached to certain players that make you their favorite player. But when it comes down to it, we're rooting for a logo. We're rooting for laundry. That's it, man. And the game. We enjoy the game. The game can be picked up and moved into something else. Well, this snowball that you're referring to, I think Major League Baseball has given it a little bit of an extra oomph these last few days. Friday comes out, a lawyer for the league comes out and says, in federal court... The minor league players should not be paid during spring training said, quote, it is the players that obtain the greater benefit from the training opportunities. They are afforded than the clubs who actually just incur the cost of having that training. We're talking about pennies here. Incur the cost. Spare me that. Yeah. Incur what cost? I don't know. And I mean, then if, they, if I was, if I was trying to apply for a job and they said, Hey, it's not paid training, but the paid training could take a month or three weeks or whatever. I'm like, nah, I'm good. What are you talking about? This is considered paid training. This is what it is. They're going through a training period. It's your fault the training period takes so damn long, and you're making them stay in there until they're 28. This lawyer sucks. And then they come out Tuesday with the announcement that the league requested the ability to eliminate, quote, hundreds of minor league playing jobs. They reportedly want to reduce the number of players a team can have in the minors below 150. Now, that part, I don't know. I don't hate. And here's why. Because if we're making it a little more limited, that means those guys can earn a little bit more money. But we've right? already... They get more experience. We already like gutted the minor leagues with entire teams. Yeah, that can't happen. I'm, that doesn't need to happen. How at much all. more do we need to sl- how much more fat do we need to shed here? Sure, but I don't think there's any reason why um you know a roster size in AAA should be the same thing as a major league. You know what I mean? Like it I could see a smaller roster size. Get me down to like 22 instead of 25, 26, 27 range. You know what I mean? If that starts to happen, single A roster size, I don't know these numbers at all. I'm just kind of pulling stuff out of my booty right now but you know when when I was in college we had 27 28 guys and then once spring started we narrowed down to 22 and it still felt like a lot the truth is the season isn't the same length as as major league baseball right they're not playing 162 games so they're not using 
these guys as much, which means they're not getting as much playing time. And if the truth is, if all we have them down there for is to get more playing time, to get more experience, to get more prepared, less could be more. Right. But my entire point, and I think a lot of other people would agree, what is it to the major league teams then? I I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. But in a situation where we're talking about organizations that have millions and millions and millions of dollars, and you're asking them to cut a sliver, a sliver, yeah, and a, a fraction to let these guys play baseball for their organization, yeah, no, I get of that. whom they represent, yeah, and live yeah. live somewhat comfortably, yeah. We're Is on that the same too much page. of an ask? We're definitely on the same page. That that's definitely an issue. Like these these guys need to be not homeless as a very basic <laughs> threshold or requirement for the league is to make sure that your none of your players are living in their cars. That's an issue, right? But you know, how many of these guys choose that? A lot of guys choose that. A lot of guys are saying, Yes, I can take myself out of this scenario whenever and go get a real job. Stop chasing the dream. Maybe make it a little smaller. I don't think they're they're hurting for money. The league doesn't need... I get what you're saying. The league has the money to spend for the current status. They have the money to take care of their players at the moment without eliminating positions. That I understand and I agree with. But if they feel like they don't have enough money and you trim roster size down by three or four guys a team and, it, and that gets the job done and it also allows our, our players to you know get more time, get more productive, get more ready and get called up sooner, I'll take it. I just keep going back to the people that are saying, well, like I was just, which I don't know why I subjected myself to this today, but I was just scrolling through some comments on some some tweet threads related to this very topic. And mm-hmm. as expected, there was there was many of the, well, actually it was, it was in that tweet that she sent me where it was the minor leaguer. And yeah, it's like, like a, a long thread. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I'm going into my, about to go into my seventh year or something mm-hmm. in the minors. Here's, yeah. here's what things are actually like. Yeah. And the people are in the, in the, in the replies being like, well, you chose this life. You chose to play a kid's game. It's always interesting to me. It's always interesting to me. You always have these people that are pointing fingers saying, well, you chose this life. You shouldn't Mm -hmm. be complaining. What about, what about the musicians out there that are trying to make it and they're trying to grind and you hear them complaining about, oh, well, we're not getting, we're not getting paid for our, our music that we put out there, we're not as artists. We're not getting paid. I nothing against the music, the the artists or the musicians out there. I know people that are in that situation, and I yeah. respect what they do. But I'm not sitting here going, "Well, you decided to play instruments for a living. That's that's your fault. If you want to, if you want to make <laughs> money and have a living, go yeah. get a real job." It's like no. Yeah, you're basically Everyone, just you're telling someone to ignore their talents that they were given. Your God-given talent, and you're asking him to. You're you're saying, well, you should have been an architect. I wasn't meant to be an architect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was meant to play baseball. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to do, and that's that, yeah. that's what these guys are saying. So yeah. this whole like, well, you decided to play a kids game. Well, find me another quote kids game that has as much money in it that baseball has. Yeah. And the issue here is the allocation of that money, and that's where all of these issues are stemming from. Yeah. And the fact that we're still having this conversation and there's still people on the other side trying to justify the lack of funds being provided to these minor leaguers, it's, it's mind-blowing. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, and it doesn't make sense because there's there's always someone that feels like they have the talent to make it. You know what I mean? They they deserve at bare minimum the right to pursue it, right? Pursuit of happiness. Whatever we're given, whatever we're good at, we're we have the right to to chase the dream in in, you know, so many words. So that's always gonna be the case. You can't have that argument. Well, just quit. Quit and go get a regular job. Someone else is just going to fill that role and say, I'm not ready to quit. I want to keep doing it. The issue is that they're living in unhabitable circumstances. That is the issue. Not that they decided it, so this is what they deserve to get. What are you talking about? I wonder how many of these people that are pointing fingers at baseball players saying, well, you you decided to play a kid's game for a living. I wonder how many of those people are the same people on the picket lines requesting higher minimum wages for yeah. flipping burgers. Yeah. Like, well, you want a livable wage making hamburgers. Yeah, it's the same thing. Supply and demand. There yeah. is a demand to watch baseball players, the best in the world, do what they do. There is a demand for that, right? You know, you and I, how many, how many, how many DMs have we gotten ignored or ghosted or responded but never got anything out of it? Like, how many DMs of us trying to interview players? Over these over this you know three year period, it's happened a lot. It's just it's just the way it is. We're not all winners. We're not all losers. There's some of both. You and I are trying to be winners, and we're grinding for it. We have the right to do that, just like any other guy that has a, a gifted arm or a gifted bat. I think I need to cut myself off from this this topic. Get a little a little too heated on this this fine Thursday because as we, as we always say around here at the three O take Thursday is basically, basically the start of the weekend basically yeah. Friday so don't wanna don't wanna ruin the start of my weekend here. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, let's, talk, um, let's talk Juan Soto, shall we? Wow, wow. Not surprised. an offer to say no to. Uh, no, uh, I'll go ahead and say that right now. I'm not surprised in the least. Don't even know why this was news. And I also don't even know why the Washington Nationals thought that they could get away with an offer of 13 years, $350 million to Juan Soto. I don't know what it is. I don't know what magic potion they think they have over there in D.C., or I should say right down the road pretty much from where I'm at here. I don't know what what they think they have in the water down there, but they can't. They have this obsession with offering these lowball deals to these generational talents, and then they they pull the rug out at the end of the once the news breaks that they've gone elsewhere and they say, well, you know, I mean, we, we did what we could. It's like, no, you didn't. Yeah. You have the money as we just got done talking about. You have the money. Yeah. You were just trying to pull some sort of hometown discount deal. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's a little different exactly because like it, you can't expect him to, and this, this will be less money than what he gets. can promise you that. Um, whenever the time comes of him being, eligible as a free agent he will sign a bigger deal than 350 million they're saying that the expected starting discussion point for Juan Soto is not 360 not 370 not 380 not 390 400 million dollars is when he's even going to sit down at the table to talk him and Boris 
Yeah, and that's that's the kind of start he's had to his career. You know, that's that's it's warranted. If you're gonna offer three fifty, you're probably still gonna be able to offer four hundred. You know, he's gonna he's gonna get the money he wants. Um, the difference is is the is the shape of the Nationals. They're not in great shape. I don't. I'm not too knowledgeable on their farm system, but I don't think they have a whole lot going for them the next few years. The difference between him, Ozzy Albies, Acuna, Tatis, they all signed extensions with a team that was on the rise, right? Team that's ready to do their thing, and you're just the cherry on top that's going to make this. You're going to be the cornerstone of our franchise during these dominant years. I think he's smart. So is Boris to look at the Nationals and say. I'm not just going to take a paycheck. I want to go win. And you're not going to have, you don't have anything built right now. You're not going to have any money left to build something around me. So why would I stick around? That's what I see from that decline of this offer is it's the Nationals fault. Now, there's no reason why when he does reach that free agency eligibility, the Nationals can change what they're doing, offer a lower yearly deal for a higher AAV maybe I don't know there's still hope for the Nationals but as at, at this moment or I guess before the lockout Soto's gonna be like I, I can get at least 350 with a winning club that's ready to go that will be ready to go by the time I'm eligible if I'm Soto I'm I'm saying I can get at least 400 million because I know there's teams out there that are willing to pay that yeah like you said Boris is sitting with him at the table he's been here he has talked with this front office, yeah, not too long ago, with a generational talent that was also in D.C., mm-hmm. he knows what kind of games they play, yeah, and he's not going to let Soto take anything less than he's worth, worth, because yeah. that's that's what he does. So, I mean, when it comes down to the the Washington Nationals' job right now is to start to build right now. Soto's twenty three, I think, is what I saw, right? Twenty three, yeah. It's October. He'll be twenty four. You got to get it going. What I said, and you start you, building. You may remember this when, well, it was like right before the deadline, right? When they when they shipped off Trey and mm-hmm. and Max and all them. I said it's it's tough to swallow right now. If you're a Nationals fan, I get it. You hate to see guys like that go. Yeah, but you cannot make your final decision on how you feel about what just transpired. And this is back at the deadline about yeah. what just transpired until you see what they do with Soto. If they let Soto walk, burn it down. I <laughs> I totally understand. But yeah. if they were doing that to, you know, bring in bring in some good cuz they brought in uh uh Ruiz, brought in a couple other pieces where it's they got Josiah Gray, which that dude's going to be yeah. He's going to be a problem. Yeah. Been saying I actually got to see a start of his uh when I went to see him play the Sox in October. He's gonna be the real deal. So, like you said, if they can, if they can start, or I should say, continue. If you want to view those moves as the beginning of the process, yeah. If they can continue the the building process, and they're able to retain Soto, okay, then yeah, we're in a different place. But if they let him, like I said, if they let him walk, then yeah. what was what was the tray thing for? What was Scherzer? Yeah. What, what was all that for? Exactly. That's it's very true. It's very true. You got to turn those guys around and and look at who is going to be, like I said, the cornerstone. It's Soto. We all knew that. And now it's time to build around him and get it going so that that way 
when he is ready to commit long-term, he can see that this is an organization worth staying for. Um, now, who's to say this wasn't the initial offer? Like, what? we don't know. This was before the lockout. This could have been a week before the lockout. Soto says no. Who's to say there wasn't going to be another offer, right? We don't know those details. We may not see another offer anytime soon. I don't know either. But I think the longer gap between the negotiations or the offers coming from the Nationals, the longer that gap or bigger that gap gets, the more this will be a heavy conversation. The more this will be the sole conversation behind Juan Soto. And any fan that shows up to a Nationals game and says, this kid is going to be a star, a Hall of Famer. He's going to be everything we're hoping for, but I don't know if he's going to stay. Right, That's going to be the conversation unless the Nationals continue to throw out these offers. It's fine if he keeps saying no. Just let everyone know that you're still trying while also making other moves and building your organization around him. And you'll keep him. An interesting aspect of this uh, story is that, which you, you don't hear this too often when, when these rumored deals or offers come out, but Soto actually confirmed it. He came out and said, yeah, I mean, that's the deal they, they came out with. He said... Uh, even still, he, he said right now, my agents and I think the best option is to go year by year and wait for free agency. My agent, Scott Boris has control over the situation and you can guarantee that yeah. Scott Boris has control over the situation. Uh, he also said, I still think of Washington as a place where I would like to spend the rest of my career. So we will see interesting that a Boris client would concede that truth. If it is indeed mm-hmm. the truth. Yeah. Because as we all know that, can be used against you when it comes mm-hmm. time uh, to to put pen to paper, uh, but we'll see how that plays out. Um, but I think, I, assuming the math is correct here, somebody may have to check me, but I, I did see in, in an article where it said uh, that it did not include deferred money and it would come out to about an average salary of almost $27 million per year until 2034, which he will then be 36, I yeah. believe. yeah. Uh, quick question. Does, does Juan Soto seem like a $27 million no. a year kind of guy? No, no. So then why, why even make the offer? Yeah, that's why? it's, it doesn't make sense. I guess it leaves room to do other stuff with the money. I don't really know. I don't really know. Through nearly 500 career games, he's hitting 301 with a 432 on base and a 981 OPS. It's insane. 981. It's insane. Kid's good. Safe to say. Kid is good. So, I, I don't know. I don't know. But it, it's a it's a tough balance. Because if, if you look at it on the national side, like, yeah, this is something that you got you to gotta try. You got to be able to try it. You know, like, it's early in his career. Why not try and get this extension? We've seen it become more popular. Wander Franco, you know, like I said, Acuna, Tatis, guys like that. Like, it's... Try to get him ahead of schedule so that that way we are saving a little bit of money. Um, but on the same side, you look at Soto and you're like, well, I'm going to get more, definitely. And I also don't want to commit myself to an organization that hasn't promised me anything about or shown anything about building for the future. So it's uh, there's a lot to digest. How do you lots like of, that? Lots to chew on if you're wanting to chew on. You got it. Big League Chew ad read coming right for your face. Founded by former left-handed pitcher Rob Nelson, Big League Chew started from humble beginnings in the Portland 
Mavericks bullpen in 1977. For more than 40 years, the iconic pouches packed with shredded, flavorful bubble gum has become the number one shredded gum of athletes everywhere. Big League Chew has sold more than 900 million pouches. That sounds oh. like Soto's OPS, honestly. Seriously, more pouches, just barely more pouches than, than Soto's OPS. It's pretty impressive. Uh, and is designated as the Hall of Fame bubblegum. Grab some gum and head to Big League Chew's social media channels at Big League Chew on Twitter, at Big League Chew Gum on Instagram to show off your Big League bubbles. They also have some, some sweet gear, if you can see that, if you're watching this clip that hopefully I'm, i mean i may just have, i may he's just gonna have, have to, to now the video. put him in a corner put him in a corner you can also find a list of retailers or purchase any of their products directly from their website at bigleaguechew.com big league chew our best friends is that fair is that too much a little extra? Uh, that's more than fair actually no oh, okay. not, that's that's definitely fair it's our best friends uh i would think that they would agree as well um let's uh Let's stay in D.C., shall we? Let's let's talk Ryan Zimmerman, Mr. National, calling it a career. Also, along the same lines of the Soto situation, can't say I'm all that surprised. I, I was there I... for that final, that final series of the season, and yeah, I was there for the standing ovation. I was there for the tip of the cap. It it just made too much sense. I know I, you, you go on social media, you type in Ryan Zimmerman final game, and there's posts from like the the 2019 season, the 20 or well, he wasn't. I think he it was a 2020 he sat out, right? Yeah, because of COVID situation. And then yeah, from you got posts from the 2021 season as well. People speculating on if it was gonna be his last game. As we all know at this point, that was his final game. But it's it's something as, as we know this has been talked about for a long time. And I think yeah. he got to the point where he was like, you know what, I've I've done what I'm what I came to do. It's it's time yeah. to ride off into the sunset. Yeah. I think what what's difficult is that like he's not um he, he never was that like massive power hitter that you could just automatically say, "Hey, if there's going to be a universal DH, he's it." Um especially with, you know, Josh Bell being brought in, um you know, you look at Carter Keboom, like guys are are on the rise um that need time. And as tough as it is to say goodbye to, you know, a stud like that and the face of the franchise and the first draft pick that they ever had, uh, it's just, it it just makes sense. I honestly figured he already retired a while ago. (laughs) I don't know why in my mind I was like, uh, wasn't this a couple months ago and we already figured this out, but maybe he was waiting to see how this lockout stuff would happen. I don't know. I was talking with somebody at work about it yesterday and she was like, I'm just so distraught over this news. And I was like, I think I think the reason so many people are upset about it is because fans of Zimmerman, rather, maybe not mm. uh, Nationals fans, but maybe just fans of him as a player, maybe the reason they're so upset about this is because we're in February. We're mid-February. So maybe they kind of wanted to see him come out for one more, yeah. one more dance. Yeah. And the fact that he didn't make this decision or didn't announce his decision – Immediately after the season, when so many people thought it was it, yeah, it kind of maybe he led people on a little bit. It was it was interesting to see the the timing of it. It's true. It is a little strange. It is a little weird. But uh, I mean, the guy just hasn't been extremely healthy in his career. You know, dating back to what looks like 2014, he's 29 years old. Is when it looks like stuff started to happen. 
you know, 61 games in that year. Next year's 95. Then it jumped up to 115, 144, then 85, then 52, then didn't play in 2020, like you said. It's just, it's, it's not, like I said, it's not, he's not that middle of the lineup kind of guy anymore. Um, he's not that guaranteed 25 home runs and 80 RBIs in a season, you know? Looks like he only hit over 30 home runs once, twice in his in his career. He may not have been able to stay healthy all that consistently down the stretch, but I tell you what, man, this guy gave every last fiber of his being to this organization. Yeah, and he did it the right way. With the Nationals for, well, he was with the club for 17 years, played 16 seasons, retires as the, the team's career leader in games, runs, hits, home runs, RBIs, total bases, and doubles. A little nugget here that I, I discovered in my my research earlier, in terms of the all-time walk-off home run list, he's tied for eighth. That's pretty good. With uh, Tony Perez and a guy that actually just got announced into the Hall of Fame this year. Uh, I've heard of him. I remember a few of those. Not not bad. You're in pretty yeah. good company if, if uh, you can be yeah. surrounded by some of those names. Solid career. Hall of Hall of very good. Two-time All-Star, Gold Glove winner, two-time Silver Slugger, and as we all know, he uh, he put the cherry on top of a a dedicated career in 2019 with the World Series championship. I was watching some highlights from that earlier today, and uh, it just makes you feel good, man. I mean, it 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 means I would say it probably means a little more to me than maybe just the average fan being located where I'm yeah. at and just being surrounded by this team's memorabilia and yeah. apparel and all this stuff and being right down the road and being able to see him so much going to so many, I mean, you, even you, like we were able to, we went to a number of games, I, th- I think back in the day and the fact that he's been there for all of it. Yeah. And it just means a little more when you, like you mentioned the first ever draft pick mm-hmm. been there the entire stretch. Yeah. Been there for the ups, been there for the downs a lot, a lot more down than up. Yeah. Uh, but it was just in watching those those highlights. It was really cool seeing him be a part of that and having his moments during that yeah. run. Yeah, it's just one of those guys you you like to root for. Um, got you know what he deserved. Kind of how everyone reacted um, with Freddie getting a ring with the Braves. You know, finally it's just like yes, this guy deserved it more than anyone in this in this you know organization. He's he's earned it. He's done his time in the trenches, and he's a good guy. So he's easy to root for. And speaking of one of those walk-off home runs, I watched one off of Mo at RFK. They didn't even have Nationals Park. They were playing at the old Redskins Stadium, and I watched one, and that, that hurt me a little bit. I didn't love that. Love that. I didn't love it. As as we all know, I'm not a— I'm shout, not out, a shout out Josh Lutua. He was there. He was with me. He he knows. Yeah. He can he can back you up. Uh, as we all know, not a not a big Nationals fan, but— I will I will support the club and I was yeah. I was very happy to see what they did in 2019. But if I was, I'm not going to go buy a Nationals jersey. But if there was a guy whose mm-hmm. jersey I would buy, it's Ryan Zimmerman. It's fair. It's real fair. I mean, it was it was tough, man. When when I was there for that final that final series, I was there for all three games, and it got to be that uh when when did the season end? It was that Sunday, right? Yeah, yeah, Cause yeah. Because the wild card game was plans. like what two days Tuesday. later or something. It was Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. So the game it was that last game on Sunday, and they and Davey pulled him because he wanted to give him a chance to 
kind of connect with the fans a little bit there, have his moment. And I remember specifically, I, I, I did film his last at bat, but I remember mm-hmm. thinking when he came out for the, the standing ovation, I was like, I'm not even going to film this because I just want to like take this in. Be in the moment, yeah. Yeah, I want to be in the moment. I want to remember seeing him kind of just like wave to the wave to the fans and everything. And he started he started getting real emotional, started breaking down, as you would expect for a guy who's been part of something for as long as he has. And it was just really cool to to be there for that and to see him. I mean, you, you never know what's going through a guy's mind like that at a time like that. Yeah. But I can only imagine he's he's thinking back on the fact that he's been there literally his entire career and this is it for him yep but it was cool to see tip of the cap to to mr zimmerman mr national did it the right way put a statue out there build build the statue honestly like yeah got it put somewhere the that decision should have been made a long time ago they they the plan should already be in in place for that um he should have his statue out there Retire the number. Do whatever you got to do, Nationals. Retire, yeah, retire the number. Put the them right in way. the put them in the Nationals Ring of Honor. Yeah, which is a thing they have there. Just do it right. He deserves yeah. it. He gave you everything you had. Um, does that bring us, Nate, to our top ten second baseman oh, in twenty twenty two? Dude, uh, you freaking sent me this list of stats, and I and initially, initially, I was like, there's like forty names on this thing. It's so long. And then I was like, dude, everyone kind of has a case. Has a case. Everyone on this list has a case. It's annoying. Like they have it. And and that is what I'm going to say. Again, I'm going to reiterate, people. For anybody that just looks at the graphics, doesn't listen to this. For people that do listen to this and you see people commenting. To give them credit, I've said, hey, the people like, are you serious? I'm like, just just check out the podcast. To their credit, they've checked it. There have been some people that have checked it out. Good. Good. Good for them. And I need we need listeners. You we need you guys to to be diligent with us in that comment section because there are people that are like, hey, Jared Walsh, not a top ten first baseman. You're like, uh, well, I mean, we we went through it on the pod. You know, we we talked it out. So just check it out. Also, look at these freaking numbers and tell me. So from now on, if you're gonna comment, tell me who you're gonna take off the list before you add one of these names on. So here's something we need to keep in mind. I was talking with somebody about it yesterday, and he made he made a valid point. He said, when you're going through these lists, spend a little more time on 8 through 10. Because he's like, for most of these positions, 1 through 3, 1 through 4, yeah, for the most part, usually pretty widely agreed upon. But the 8 through 10 is where you get into the weeds. And if you leave a certain guy off who shouldn't be left off, that's where, you get, that's where people start dropping the comments. So I'll I think- be honest with you. I did 1 through 8. I left 9 and 10 open because I j- just can't tell and I need your help. Did you get all 10? We're going to we're going to we're going to work through this together. <laughs> we're we're going to work through this together. All right. Um let's, can we get one out of the way? I think you and I can agree on one. Well, I would hope we clearly kind of a didn't landslide. We we didn't agree on one last week, so which by the way, I I didn't didn't end up texting you about it this week, but you got mm-hmm. you just got buried in the DMs. People People were messaging me being like, Nate's wondering why we just get buried in the comments and then proceeds to put Vladdy Jr. at like fourth or whatever. And I'm like, well, that's 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 Nate. Uh, well, I mean, again, look at numbers. That's all I do is just uh, ask your ask your buddy to sit there and argue with 
then look at the same numbers and tell me you came up with a different conclusion. But in their defense, Nate, you and I are self-proclaimed big eye test guys. So that has to factor in a little bit here. Like, sure, you can look at numbers till you're blue in the face, which which we do. We we break it down. But with a guy like, and I don't want to open this can of worms again, but with a guy like Vladdy, it's like, wow. Look at the eye test. You say, huh? Yeah. Maybe maybe he's the exception. Well, I mean, someone's also saying that Max Muncie should be number one on the list. I won't name names, but yikes, we're not the only people out there with different opinions, okay? All right, so can we just say it on three for number one on second baseman list? Top ten, three, two, one. Marcus Simeon. You're supposed to say it. Marcus Simeon. You're supposed to say it at the same time. That was the whole point of the countdown. I was trying to be witty and trying to come up with some – Bottom tier second baseman as a mm. joke, you know, a little haha, but yeah, didn't pan out. Couldn't yeah, find a well, guy in time. Marcus Simeon, after sliding into second base full time, has officially just made me put my foot in my mouth about my comments last year. I wasn't sure about the, the switch. Wasn't sure about the switch. Didn't see the Oof. reason for it with the Blue Jays, but turned around and you know was a legitimate MVP candidate. Um, you know, over the last few years, and again. We're taking three years if we can. Some of these guys are younger, so they don't have that track record. But from 2019 to 21, my man has, has been doing it. A war of 15.9, head and shoulders above everybody else on this list. OPS plus of 130, OPS of 854, totaling 85 home runs. Um, I mean, it's just it's safe to say he's, he's doing it. Um, not to mention he has a very high defensive war of 3.3 so it's impressive then has a now you know basically just solidified him being a second baseman for the foreseeable future by signing with texas did you say the foreseeable future i did what a, you have a great ear the four nail he is going to be a great second foreseeable for the foreseeable future nate uh sea geek uh geekable future the four geekable future. It's the answer to all your ticket needs. Are you looking for tickets? Do you have plans with friends or family to make it to an upcoming game or concert? Or are you even looking months ahead to nail down a date to get tickets before they sell out? With SeatGeek, you can find tickets at... What was that? Just I, I, I blended about six or seven words into one. With SeatGeek, you can find tickets to games, concert shows, and even theater performances with just a few easy clicks or making it even better for you if you're a first-time user of SeatGeek. The next time you add tickets to your cart, use promo code the three zero take pod. That's the the number three, the number zero take pod at checkout to save twenty dollars instantly off your first purchase as a first time user. That's all you got to do to save some of that. The stuff none of us carry anymore. Cold hard cash. And the thing that apparently owners are are lacking severely, or so they say. <laughs> Enter promo code the number three, the number zero take pod, the three zero take pod at checkout. Perfect. All right. So, Marcus Simeon. Got a dog? Slotted at number Sign one. up for a BarkBox. Sign up via www.barkbox.com. The three zero take pod. Sign up. Again, that's barkbox.com slash the three zero take pod. And you, my friend. Yes, you. Yep, you. You're, you're saying me? Yes, you. I don't have a dog. You receive a free extra month of... Bar- no, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to the listener. I need you receive a, a free extra month of BarkBox. Do BarkBox, do they sell dogs with 
the food if i can get all of it in one package yeah efficiency i'll i'll put in a word and see if they can just package it all together for those who who may not have a dog thanks um what is bark box you ask it is a totally customized box of themed toys and treats for your pup your little furry friend your little four-legged dog son or dog daughter people people get weird with their dogs man like we talk about cat people there's some dog people out. Dog people are just as weird. They're just as weird in different ways. Yeah. Like, put. can we stop putting sweaters on dogs? Like, do we yeah. realize that dogs were just fine? How do you feel about those people that, like, cut your night short to go get back to their dog? I get it. I haven't personally owned a dog, but having multiple family dogs when I was still at home growing up, I get it. Cause like they can only be, they can only be out or what if someone's already there to let them out? The dog isn't trapped inside, but plans well, are if still If you have a way to short. let them out. Sure. Yeah, right. And if you're just using that as an excuse to get out, okay, I'm, I'm going to, yeah. there's a little judgment there for you, but it's just, people are just strange, man. Like I was saying, the sweaters thing, dogs were just fine. They have, yeah. they have fur. They don't need, they have, they have a coat. Yeah, not a, not See, a literal it's, coat. It's different here because people don't even think about like not taking your dogs on like pavement and sidewalk because it's like whatever. I think it's like thirty or forty more degrees hotter than what it is outside. So you got dogs walking around just burning their little paws. Think about that. Stop putting sweaters on. Yeah, dogs that's a real even. thing. I've seen take care of their paws. Honestly, I've seen firsthand the uh, the damage that that can do. So yeah, that's care an issue more about here. that. Yeah, care more about that than putting sweaters on them and. And getting them puppuccinos for the gram. Uh, what is a puppuccino? What's it's in that? a it's, it's like whipped cream. Yeah, I think it's just like a cup of whipped cream. Uh, but yeah, sign up via barkbox.com slash the three zero take pod and receive a free extra month of barkbox, a totally customized box of themed toys and treats for your pup every month. Barkbox, barkbox, barkbox. All right, number you two. Have another ad read out there that you want to sideswipe um, me with. I'm sure I could find one if you give me some some time. But in who the do meantime, you got at two? This one was tough. I minimized my my stats here. Let me pull them back up. This one was tough because numbers wise, I kind of have a name that could argue for the number one spot. Well, that's <laughs> how is that possible? If you said I can't remember exactly your words, but you said Marcus Simeon is head and shoulders above everyone else, or something like that. How? I said in war, he was oh. head and shoulders above everyone else. Uh. But the rest of the stats, I have Cattell Marte at two. And again, if you guys do your research and pay attention to the numbers, you'll see why. Do you have him at two? Guy, it was everything I, I could do to get to this recording on time. So Fair enough. I don't have my list. Cattell Marte, I told you. Yes. We walk through this on here to, to kind of show our work. Although I do appreciate you having a, you bringing a list. Uh, I don't know. You change your mind. I change my mind, maybe. Either way, Cattell Marte, 917 OPS, higher than Marcus Simeon. A 139 OPS plus, higher than Simeon. Tied for highest on this list. War of 10-2, totaling 48 home runs. My question is, is why, because you look at the numbers, and Ozzy Albies, I know there's a lot of people that would regard Ozzy Albies as the as a top two second baseman in the league, but his numbers don't. They don't. They don't reflect that. They don't jump off the page the way he gets yeah. talked about. I know. And compared and I'm not to taking these anything, other guys, uh, yeah, I'm not taking anything away from him. The guy's a great player, but this is one of those examples where you really look at the numbers and it it 
tells you the actual story of what a guy does versus the the conversations you see on twitter yeah well i think the eye test is a little different also Ketel Marte has been here stuck as a diamondback and not getting as many eyes as ozzy albies but i mean the, the the kid is slashing 318 374 543 with an ops of 917 like i said uh it's pretty good an on-base machine an extra base hit machine plays multiple positions i like him i like him at two and the numbers honestly like i said no one else OPS wise is in the 900s. No one else on this list. He's the only second baseman that high, tied with uh, Brandon Lau, another guy we could talk about for being that top five range for OPS plus. For OPS plus at 139, kid is good. Dude hits. Can also play center field. I don't know. Hey, whoa! Colton Wong has the most. No, no. Or Whit Merrifield, obviously. But after Whit Merrifield, Colton Wong. Swipes. You're looking at stolen bases? Yeah. Yeah. What? It's crazy. Tommy Edmond, too. Way up there. Stolen bases. Oh, yeah. No, Tommy Edmond. Wow. Even more than... Yeah. Shoot. With way less games. How about that? Not that that's the the key factor we're looking at here, but... No. That's just surprising. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. Semyon won. I like Marte, too. Um, We have DJ on this list as a second baseman. Uh, I yeah. know he kind of bounces around, but I mean, you can speak to this probably a little better, but safe to say primary second baseman here. Yeah, I would say that. Yeah, at least like for it, the purposes of these lists. Yeah, like it, the way I see it is that like if they're going to go to the all star game, what position are they going to go as? Sure. Second base, even though he can play first and third also. I can't remember. Did he DH for you guys? Occasionally? Not really. No, not really. Not even occasionally, like a, ever? like a once a once like every a two weeks off kind day of thing. kind of thing. Yeah, or like a half half off day rest day. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So who are we looking at at three? I had I was kind of leaning towards DJ. Um, I you know is is Wars ten one top three on this list? Um, you know one hundred twenty five OPS plus doesn't strike out a lot. He's just, I think we all know what he's capable of doing. Yeah, he had a down year in 2021. Still over the last three years, he's slashing 307, 370 on base. 461 is a little low in slugging, but an OPS of 831, you know, that ain't bad. Him and Cattell, the only guys hitting above 300. Yeah, still means something to me. So that's kind of where I'm at. Um, But there's a lot of guys that... This whole list made me struggle. Genuinely made me struggle and think about certain things. Brendan Lau with an OPS of 870. Mm-hmm. Oof. Like we talked about, an OPS plus at 139. Same thing. Wars at 10. So it was kind of a wash with DJ. Way more strikeouts, though. Brandon Lau strikes out a lot. Mm, second most on this list. We can... 338 mm. strikeouts in... 287 games but in today's game yeah that's fair i mean it's it's true doesn't matter as much some people argue that i mean he does have 70 home runs over the last three years which is second on this list i believe yeah second you can make an argument there too you really could who who are we thinking here depends on what you value yeah i mean uh, it's tough dude basically walks just as much as dj lemayhew Walk percentage actually walks more than DJ LeMahieu. Strikes out more than twice as, as often. 
but he has double the home run rate. Also, a side note for those wondering, uh, not putting Trey Turner on this list. Yeah. As the presumed shortstop, unless they, for some reason, go out and make a splash for Correa, which who knows why they would do that. No idea why they would do that. Um, who's another guy? I just want to make sure we get all these disclaimers out there. Um, Javier Baez. Yeah. Back to shortstop. him on this list. The back to shortstop. Max Muncy. We already had him at first last week. So I think that covers the, the main guys. Yeah. For those wondering. Um, I don't know, dude. I could go either way. I'll let really you pick know. this one. I really don't know. Yours, we're deciding between LeMahieu and Lau. Yeah. All right. The batting average, not not huge or massively important to me. I mean, I do appreciate a guy that can put the bat on the ball, but. Yeah. Um, OPS 870, slugs more than LeMahieu, OPS higher, OPS plus higher, or basically wash. Offensive he's war a, higher. He's a little worse defensively, but... A little worse defensively. Much higher strikeout rate, as we said. I don't know, guy. We might have to go... No, either. Man, yeah, strikeouts kills him, but he is a strikeout home run kind of guy. Yeah. 70 home runs of 46. Here's what bugs me about the strikeout stat, by the way. It's only argued with as a as a weapon towards certain guys. Right. You know what I mean? Like, just what you said. The game has changed. Yes, we have to accept that strikeouts happen more often. And if we put this list out and say Brandon Lau is four behind DJ LeMahieu just because of his strikeouts, people are going to be outraged. But the second you put Aaron Judge high up on a right field list, they're going to be like, well, he strikes out all the time. Like, what? So which side are we going to go with here? Kind of thinking. When you look at the two next to each other, who would you rather have? I don't know. I'm taking myself out of this because I'm obviously, you know, there's bias there. So I'm asking you, between DJ LeMahieu and Brandon Lau, who would you rather, rather have? Oh, he's doing what he's doing. And in, in, in this conversation we're having between those two, he's done it in about 400 fewer plate appearances mm-hmm. in terms of the home runs, the mm-hmm. RBIs, extra base hits, so on and so forth. Basically like three quarters of a season less than DJ LeMahieu. I don't know, man. I... I think I got to go Lau. Okay, and that's not a that's not a bias thing. That's yeah. I, no, honestly, I, I get it at a position that notoriously has lacked power. A guy like Brandon Lau, who's able to do what he does, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll happily take that. Yeah. So does that mean we can lock DJ at four? Or do we need to compare him to anyone else? You know, I, I, because because I'm the guy that has to put the graphic out. I want to make sure <laughs> we're not like just. Being completely negligent here, can we just look at Ozzy Albies real quick? See, I'm not even looking at Ozzy Albies next, to be totally honest with you. OPS 821. I would look at Altuve next before Ozzy Albies. True, honestly, yeah. Um, Jake Cronenworth also needs to have a little, a little, uh, little head nod here for the numbers he's put up in just a year, year and a half, I guess. Just saying. But like you said, Colton Wong deserves some respect. Tommy Edmond deserves some respect. Kike. And, the only reason and I included one J- guy I feel like I need to get on this list. I'm just going to say this now. I feel like I got to get him on this list because I think we're going to look silly if we don't. Jonathan India needs to be somewhere on this yes, list. Yes, yes. I, I wholeheartedly Freaking agree. stud. Wholeheartedly agree. So we got to find a way to get him. Where does, tenant, where does uh, Wit fall into this? 
Wits in the mix. It's uh, it's just what you value again. Like he's he's really low on the OPS just because he doesn't have the pop. You know, he's, he's seven sixty two OPS. He's a, a fantasy 10- dream. I know. Looking to draft there. somebody. Seriously, seventy two swipes. Um, walks a lot less than I thought. Honestly, I don't know why I thought he got on base more. But uh, you know, a WAR of eight, pretty much the same as Altuve. Kike, higher than David Fletcher. I I uh I don't know if I have wit in the top five at all. Okay. That's fair. I mean, we're already at four and we're looking at Altuve and DJ LeMahieu, right? Oh yeah. Unless we're slotting DJ at four. Um do we want to go all right, let's just, for the sake of conversation here, let's look at Altuve and Albies. I think I already okay. know the answer, but let's just clarify here. Okay. Um, Basically slashing the same thing. 277 for uh, for both of them. Jose Altuve goes on for 342 on base, a little higher than Albies. 833 slugging, a little higher than Albies, but not much. For a 121 OPS plus to Albies 109. Significantly less strikeouts with 212 to Aussies 270. Why isn't Jose Altuve stealing more bases? Yeah, I was just like, I was trying to figure that out. Weird. 13 stolen bases. That's one of the lower on this three list, years. Honestly. Yeah. It's odd to me. Anyway. Uh, yeah. 67 home runs to Obby's, uh, Ozzy Obby's, uh 60. I mean, from an offensive perspective, Altuve is Altuve Altuve's is not. has less games. 318 to 345. And he has higher numbers. I mean, it's safe to say Ozzy gets, gets a nod, right? Ozzy or uh, Jose? Or Altuve, I mean. Yeah. Altuve. So does that mean DJ is four? Altuve's five. All right, well, let's put Altuve up against DJ. I think it's safe to say we know that. Games play. DJ has 345. Read off DJ's. I'll read off Altuve. Uh, DJ, obviously some numbers that could change, or not change, but you know, not be valued the same way for each player. 46 home runs for DJ. Uh, home runs, uh, 67 for Altuve. 67 doubles for DJ. 68 for Altuve. 13 uh, stolen bases. 137 walks. 124. 205 strikeouts. 212. Kind of a wash there. 307 batting average. 30 points higher. Yep. On higher. base, 30 points higher. 491 slugging for Altuve. 833. I don't know, man. Yeah. I feel okay having DJ. DJ four Altuve five. I think if 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 you were to look at this list and what I assumed Jose Altuve had maybe like thirty or forty stolen bags, I would have been like, yeah, okay. You know, if the, everything else is pretty much washing each other out and he had that above them, I would understand. But DJ has DJ is not fast. He has twelve stolen bases to Jose Altuve's thirteen. Why isn't Jose Altuve stealing? Weird. They have the same defensive or. Which correct me if I'm wrong. DJ is just like a fundamental guy, right? When it comes when it comes down yeah. to it, yeah. Everything, everything he does is very, yeah. very fundamental. It's a good, it's a good way to describe him. Lay. Not flashy. Doesn't have the strongest arm. Doesn't have the biggest bat. But he just lay machine. Yeah, he's pretty good. So we got DJ at four, Jose Altuve at five. This is where it gets real tricky. Real tricky. Let's look at Ozzy versus Cronenworth. Okay, I'll I'll read. I'll read Jake. You stick with Ozzy. Right. Cronenworth has had 206 games in this span. 
So you had 2020, which is a half season, basically, and then last year. All right, Ozzy with 60 home runs. Jake Cronenworth with 25. So we just cut this in half. You know what I'm saying? Like, Cronenworth is basically at half the time. Yeah. 835 plate appearances to Ozzy Albee's 1,500. So we could pretty much just say right around half. Yeah. So 25 home runs for Cronenworth. 91 RBIs if you care about that kind of thing. 211 for Ozzy. Ozzy gets the nod on swipes for sure because Jake only has seven. 120 walks for Cronenworth. Or I'm sorry, 120 strikeouts for Cronenworth. 73 walks. I think I'm giving the nod to Ozzy. You look at the you look at the se- second half of our chart here. I think I might give the nod to Ozzy. Because I mean, Cronenworth has put up 6.5 WAR in just a year and a half. Sure, but you know what I mean. Yeah, we're talking 123 OPS plus to Ozzy's 109. I'm just saying he deserves an, a, a conversation. I personally, when I created my list, I have Albies above Cronenworth, but Cronenworth is is the dude. Yeah, it needs to be on this list. So I'm gonna put Ozzy, Ozzy six. I want to make sure we're not missing anybody in this in this middle part, are we? Like this we- whole middle part, dude. The whole middle to end of this list is very tough because Jorge Polanco also needs to be looked at. A WAR of nine point eight. Right there in the mix, 117 OPS plus, 808 OPS. Let's put up 59 home runs. Just All right. saying. All right, Polanco versus Cronenworth. It's close, dude. Their slash lines are pretty much a wash. 59 home runs for Polanco. And again, Polanco has had 1,500 plate appearances, 360 games, so Jake is doing about half of that. And he's put up very similar numbers. I get same it. O- Hasn't had a down year yet. OPS, same. Advantage, Cronenworth, OPS plus. Uh, but Jorge's on uh, a little bit older. He's a little bit older. Ooh, Jake is. I didn't realize he was already in that 27 range. For some reason, I thought he was younger. Wait, you're saying Polanco's in the older range? Polanco's, uh, I figured Polanco would have been older than Jake Cronenworth. It looks like they're about the same, same age. Same age, yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It's tough. Jake has also had... 48 doubles in a year and a half. Polanco's got 83. Uh... Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying, dude. It's tough. I might go Polanco here. I would agree. Easy enough. Which means 8, 9, 10. The guys that we are thinking no, this about is, here. This is 9, 10. Well, if we're putting Jake 8. That's that's what I'm saying. 8, 9, 10. So we're going to have to compare Jake Cronenworth. All right. Well, India's got India's got to be on here. India's got to be in here. You got to give. Um, oh, we got it. You got to give Tommy Edmond a look. You got to give Colton Wong a look. Then look. I know. I know exactly the number one comment that's going to be on this list. Second, we post it. The number one comment. The most common comment you're going to see is, "Where is David Fletcher?" Yep. So let's just run. Can I? Can I just run through David Fletcher's line real quick, just to tell these people to look at stuff a little more. Let's do it. Because outside of bat-to-ball skills, nothing about David Fletcher has me excited. Okay? 360 games. David Fletcher. He's got 11 home runs. We know he's not a, a home run hitter. That's cool. 106 walks to 149 strikeouts. Bat-to-ball skills, like I said. Does have 25 swipes. Slashing 282, 331, 364. OPS of 695. OPS plus of 88. Correct me if I'm wrong. OPS plus average is 100. 100, correct. David Fletcher's at 88. 
war of 7.6. Really good defensively. 4.3 war defensively. Really, really good. Kike Hernandez brings you more value than David Fletcher. I agree. I 100% agree. Not to say Kike's on the list, but... Agreed. <laughs> if we're talking about snubs here, turn That's your what eyes, I'm saying. Turn I don't your think, eyes to Kike first. I don't think Kike is on this list, but if Kike is not on this on this list, David Fletcher is definitely not on this right, list. Right, my point. So just look at stuff. I just feel like we have to have... Here's the problem. I get so torn between viewing this as a top 10 position entering the season list mm-hmm. I know. and a fantasy rankings list because I know. fantasy is a whole different conversation. Like, it sure, is. you're That's, so... That was your biggest argument with Vladdy, too, when it's, I wasn't looking at fantasy right. rankings. I mean, you're... you're your Acunas and your Sotos and your Harpers, those guys are going to do what they're going to do. But a guy like Whit Merrifield is going to rank a lot higher on a fantasy rankings list than yeah. a positional rankings list, mm-hmm. absent fantasy implications. Yeah. The truth is, when I look at the new age of second baseman, especially with the top of this list, we can now appreciate that these guys can do damage offensively. It is no longer just considered a defensive specialist kind of situation. David Fletcher brings nothing offensively to what these guys do besides bats and ball skills, right? I mean, great job. Strikeout percentage, he's the lowest. He's the only one in single digits with a 9.6% strikeout percentage. But it's not like he's walking a ton. He's actually very low on this list with a 6.9 walk percentage. We're talking Fletcher? Yeah. All right, well, safe to say Fletcher's not on the list. I'm just I'm just clearing it up for people. I just sure. want them yeah, yeah. to hear the fact is it's my reasoning, and I'm looking through this whole line, and outside of the fact that he's good but not striking out, and he's good about swiping bags, other than that, he's not a top 10 second baseman and not an impact player. And I look, I agree with you. That when you I knew exactly who you were going to say when you said yeah. the top comment. It's going to be David Fletcher. 100%. Look at the numbers. It's not It's not even really up for debate. It's not. So just wanted you, to get that out of the way. Even if you don't value the same things we value, it, it doesn't matter. There's really yeah. not a category where he's yeah. superseding many of these guys at all. Exactly. If and, any. And it, for the same, if you're going to be on the side of saying strikeouts are just outs, they don't matter, you can be, that falls into the same side that the fact that he has low strikeouts doesn't matter am i right if we're saying strikeouts don't matter it has to go both sides of the spectrum sure low and high all right so fletcher good knowing you no disrespect to david fletcher no disrespect would love to have you on the pod someday dude's a stud he is going to be a key piece in any kind of angel success but not a top 10 second baseman all right so we're we're kind of debating here between jonathan india yep uh wit tommy edmund colton wong Colton Wong is, I just feel like he's been slept on, man. I know. Maybe even by us, too. Like, <laughs> definitely by me. I mean. 41 swipes? He's got the sixth highest war on this list. Yeah. Defensive war of 3-5. Still very good. Leaves the ballpark every once in a while. 26 bombs. 125 ribbies. 41 stolen bags. All right, so put him up again. Well, India's do we just want to put do we just want to put him like at 10 because there's really you can't really look at any numbers but being the 
I know it's an eye test thing. This is a perfect example. He had his rookie year last year. I mean, it's in 150 games, so he stayed healthy. Jonathan India had 21 home runs, 12 bags stolen, slash 269, 376, 459 for an OPS of 835, an OPS plus of 113, war of 3.9, and that's pretty good for one year. Put him at 10. I feel like you, you got to have the just for the potential upside beyond what what we've already seen. Yeah. So tell me what tell me who's nine between Wong, Edmund, and Wit. I'm I'm sorry. I just the more I look at Wit, aside from just swiping bags and being right. That's what I'm saying. He he's kind of like a David Fletcher. I mean, even his on base is three thirty one. It's not spectacular. It's not. OPS plus a 102. I mean, he's a he's a a model of consistency depending mm-hmm. upon what you value. But mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I just don't know if I can put him on here. So and his numbers at, are very similar to Tommy Edmond, like yeah, very similar. Yeah, but I would give I'd give the nod at least for now. Down the road, probably will change because Tommy Edmond's real deal. But I think I'm giving the nod to Wit. Um, so does that just leave Colton Wong? Colton Wong to Wit. Colton Wong, Colton Wong tops Tommy. Mm-hmm. And he tops wit across the board, right? Yeah, all the way across, except for swipes. Is that it? I mean, he has how many no, games no. has has? No, wit I'm saying played? is that our is that our list? That's our list. Three eighty four games for wit to Colton Wong's three seventeen. But still, I mean, Colton Wong is one hundred and ninety six strikeouts to wit's two sixty two. He still has forty one swipes, so it's not like he's a he's a bomb on the bases. I would go Colton Wong. Colton Wong, massively underrated, in my opinion. Yeah, I time. really like our list. I do too. We're I still gonna get. In, we're still gonna get in trouble. Sure, for it. but I think the more we do this, like I said, we start telling people just look at the numbers. Stop paying attention to what you see on Twitter. Yeah, ignore the name. Seriously, and just look do at your the best numbers. to ignore the name and and see. And when there's when it's a wash, yeah, let's go eye test, right? Like you just said, Tommy Edmond is the real deal. I know he's the real deal. Very could very well could be on this list next year and years to come, but not yet. Tommy Edmond could be like a, a Jared Walsh in terms yeah. of not on the list, not, or at least not on our list this year, but next year could have a massive jump and be right there in the middle of the pack. Yep. That's our list. Jonathan India rounding it out. Got to get him in there, dude. Got to get him in there. I mean, what a great year. Hopefully he keeps it up. And you if look any- at him and you're like, that dude's just a ball player. You, the eye test works with him. Absolutely. And if anything, I, that's a nice cushion for us because like like we just talked about before we started the list, 8, 9, 10, that's where most of people's attention is drawn to. Mm-hmm. And if you if you can round out the list with the rookie of the year, it's like, okay, yeah. maybe we bought ourselves a, a little, little bit cushion. of cushion. A little bit of a cushion here. Honorable mention to Tommy Edmond, Whit Merrifield, Kike a little bit. Kike, a little bias there, but. Our boy Jazz, keep it going, bro. You're going to be all right. Second base is deep. Safe to say. It's deep. Love it. There's our list. Uh, shortstop next week. Uh-oh. Can't wait for that. So we're going in the order of the field. We're not going order of position here. Oh, God. Yeah, we did say. I don't know. I got a little ahead of myself. Yeah, we're going. We'll go third, third base. base. Third right. base Give me next week. a little week. more time on the shortstop. Right. Getting a little ahead Hopefully of the lockout you know, happens and then we know who to put where. Yeah, not counting on it. Uh, speaking of lockout, since we're probably not going to see any baseball anytime soon, 
let's uh let's wrap up the episode here real quick with just a little uh, do we want to call this a selection show like Nate I know I want to make a I want to make a pick here mm-hmm. for a college team that I want to latch on to hop on the bandwagon for this spring and follow them all the way to the end hopefully okay if things work out I won't put that same pressure on you but if you'd like it I have even... a feeling I'll I'll start out okay, but once once MLB starts up again, I, I may I may lose the fandom a little bit. I mean, it's understandable, but yeah. to the best of our abilities, it might be fun to to latch on somebody yeah. or a team rather and see where they take us. It could also even... ma- it could also make for some interesting content once Omaha rolls around. If you stick sure. it out, even, honestly, look even if you even if you kind of hit a lull once Major League Baseball picks up. If we want to pick this back up at Omaha, maybe both of our squads end up there. Who knows? That's true. That's a good Look, point. This has been a stressful process for me over the last few days, but I I think I have my selection. You do. All right. Yeah, there was a lot of a lot of lost sleep over this. Not actually, but <laughs> all right. It was a stressful process. So again, since we're not going to be seeing a major league baseball probably for the foreseeable future, or as Nate says, the foreseeable future. Um, we are going to, we're going all in, at least I am, I I won't speak for you, but in terms of content, I'm going to be posting all the bat flips. I'm going to be, I'm going to be sharing the crap out of college baseball. Don't be fooled though. The NCAA is no less corrupt than major league baseball. So I'm not, (laughs) I'm not here to promote the NCAA. I'm just here for, I'm here for the boys. I'm here for the guys that are actually going to be playing baseball here in the start while starting Friday. And the guys who are just doing it because they love it. That's who I'm here for. I'm not here to promote any any organization. That's fair. That's just as, if not more corrupt than our current parent organization. Uh, but with that said, um, look, this is just a total gut thing. Like, if, if you want to pull up the preseason rankings, that's fine. But I'm kind of looking at them right now. If there's a team that maybe you've... Honestly, like this can this can even be as simple as you like their jersey setup, and I'm, I'm okay. sure you've you've come across some There's, some jersey a lot of fire jerseys over the college. last few years. It can be in a a conference maybe you like for college sports as a whole. Any any reasoning is acceptable here. It's just the 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 fact that we are dipping our toes into college baseball for the first time in a while. All right, that's what's important here. So no judgment on any right. team that you pick. Okay. But there is uh, I'm if you do want to commit to this Nate, I I'm going to try to hold you a little accountable here. I know I'm expecting fully okay. for there to be a lull once the season starts. That's fair. Major league, but at least in the the first couple weekends here, going to hold fair. you to it. All right. Well, outside of the rankings cuz I just pulled up like Baseball America to see what these rankings are. Outside of them, of a kid that I trained since he was in middle school, did one-on-one lessons with, coached him He's playing at Minnesota. So I am going to pull from Minnesota a little bit because my boy Drew. But as far as the team that I feel like. Wait, so I, just to be clear, this isn't that that's not that's your like, pick. Yeah, that's like my honorable mention. Okay. It's okay. like a team that I'll, I'll look at and pay attention to, but I'm not going to like be totally upset if they're not good because I have no knowledge of what their team is like from what it sounds like. Their coaches are kind of wackadoo. Are they on whatever. the preseason rankings list? No. I didn't, they're I know not. they're not up at the upper half. I don't even not know. in the top twenty-five, but that's okay. all I have pulled up. Um, but in the top twenty-five, a school that I dreamt of playing at when I was a kid, always wanted to play at. Uh, I already U of know a, this. Arizona. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, U of A. Always wanted to play play there. Be a Wildcat. Love that. Tried to get it into their uh, their little JUCO that's right outside at, at Pima, but uh, they didn't offer me any money, so didn't get to do it. But I was born in Tucson. Got family in Tucson. My sister went to U of A. I'm going to U of A. What? You were born in Tucson? Yes, sir. No, you weren't. 100%. Born Why did in Tucson. I not? Why did I not know this? <laughs> born in Tucson, and then uh, my parents moved to Virginia when I was one. Are you serious? Why did I not know this? I don't know. <laughs> my dad was born in Tucson. My grandma lives in Tucson. Yeah. Well, that just makes there. the pick that much better. That it honestly, just, it just I, makes it. Yeah. I've always rooted for U of A, but the fact that I wanted to go there as a kid, and my sister ended up going there, she just graduated. Like, I'm, I'm going U of A, and they're in the top twenty-five. So that's I'm like, all right. Maybe they got a chance. That's fantastic. There you go. It, maybe we're going to maybe we're going to Omaha. Because <laughs> I have a feeling I have a feeling my squad will be there. Um I'll be honest, I got it down to a final two. Is Texas one of them? No. It's oh, not. Interesting. It's I'm not. I'm sure if you're gonna pull out some some Augie reasonings. <sighs> Tip of the cap to Augie. Long live Augie. It's not Texas though. It's gonna be well, I'll I'll share my uh, my my number two. All right. The other team I was deciding between was Old Miss. All right. Big big fan of what they got going on down there. Uh, both of the, which I'm sure you maybe remember, both of the Snyder twins. Yeah. Uh, went there. One of them ended up transferring eventually, but Matt was a stud there. Most Ole Miss baseball fans, if they're worth if they're worth anything, they know who Matt Snyder is. Yeah. Uh, hometown guys. Um, but I just couldn't pull the trigger. I just didn't feel great about it. It's fair. So I had to go with a team that. When I first decided that I wanted to tune into some college baseball this year, it was the first team I thought of, and I couldn't change my mind past it. I I threw into some, I threw some other teams in there into consideration, but ultimately, I decided on the Tigers of LSU. Oh, okay, I, all right. I would love. I've been, I've been down there to Baton Rouge. Have not seen their baseball stadium. I would love to go to a game there. I when I worked with uh, Duke Athletics. Um, I had to give ba- I had to give tours of Cameron Indoor for the mm-hmm. for the basketball games like before the before each game, and there was a family that I, I guess they're like a big LSU family but wanted to check out Cameron. They had loads of money, and the guy was like, "Look, I'm a big baseball guy. You're a big baseball guy. You've been great on this tour. You've been super helpful. If you ever want to come down to LSU for baseball, hey, oh yeah." Like, he says we have I think they have like box suites up there like or down there. Let's He's do like, it. He's like, I've I've got you. So I've like always that. wanted to check out a game down there. They're just an electric ball club. And if I if I read correctly, I think they've got a they transitioned coaches recently because yeah. I think Paul is no longer at the helm. So LSU also that's my, that's my squad. Also in the top uh, twenty five rankings on Baseball America. So we got a chance. We got a chance to go to Omaha. I'm with it. Those are our squads. Just, and like Start I said, your connection again with that uh, with that rich dude. I might, I might he, need to dig into that when he goes to Omaha. I'll be like, hey, uh, I think I'm I think I want to root for your team, not at a in, in Louisiana, but maybe in Nebraska. Let's uh, let's meet up. Let's meet up. Those are our squads. We're gonna ride it out as long as we can. I'm excited about it. And even with that said, like I like I said, we're gonna. We're gonna be posting all the content, all the college baseball content, not just to those those teams. We're gonna be yeah, we're posting all the bad flips, all the 
all the brawls, all the early season brawls, I'm here for it. I need baseball, and college baseball is where it's going to be at for the foreseeable future. Perfect. Good luck That's to you, got. sir. Good luck to me. Good, Good luck, luck to you. you, sir. All right. Good, Good luck deal. to your your Wildcats. We'll see, man. Their softball team is insane. They're nasty. Always good. Nasty. That was also I was I had a huge crush when I was a kid. I had a huge crush on uh on Jenny Finch. I was like, whoa, I like her. When I was in when I was in I uh, was been middle school, I think. Middle school or high school, I had a huge crush on Taryn Mowat. I don't know that one. Look at <laughs> Stud. Look at Stud for Arizona <laughs> softball. Just, yeah. Do your research. Yeah. Plus Karen your boy Mowat. your boy Tito, he's the field is named after him, so Francona's got the roots there. It's just it's easy to root for U of A. I like it. I like that pick. Yeah. I'm cool with it. Like it a lot. Swaggy jerseys too. They bust out those pinstripes every once in a while. Yes. Yeah. All right, peeps. You know the drill. Enjoy your weekend and don't go chasing curveballs. We love y'all. And as always, looking forward to talking more baseball with you guys soon. Until next time, stay. Filthy.